If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 AT&T Byron Nelson and Sudal Open Tips Podcast, episode 257. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour Action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble away. You can visit begambleaware.org. For more information, and of course, please bet responsibly, visit our world-famous golf betting system website with in-depth betting previews for both events. We've got strokes gained analysis for the AT&T Byron Nelson in Dallas, Texas. We've got course form statistics combined with current form stats, plus, of course, don't forget the brand spanking new predictor models. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. If you want to if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Right, now you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Keep those reviews coming. I've got a first, though. I've got a review that was actually emailed to us. And it's such a nice review, I thought, here you go, the, the, the review tells the story itself. Just wanted to add some notes for this, lads. Rated you five stars on Spotify, but it doesn't allow me to add comments on there. So, entertaining informative and sometimes even win me money. What's not to love? Question mark. Steve, Paul and Barry do an excellent job on this show. Easily the pod I look forward to the most every week. Their research, uh, their research is thorough and the banter is top notch. I don't know anyone who knows grass as well as Steve Bamford. Plus, keep up the good work, chaps. If this does not read out, if you if this does not read out on the pod, please also give a shout out to the chums. You may pick yourself up a few more listeners. Good luck with your bets, as always, and all the best. From Andy, and Andy's in East Sussex. Very kind of you, Andy. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Thanks for sending that through to us, Andy. And, uh, yeah, that was part of your uh, majors competition entry, so uh, best of luck with uh, your picks for that as well. The chums. I wonder who the chums are. Must be. I was just about to say. I was just trying to figure that out. It must be a golfing society or just a group of mates with a mm. nickname for the group. Whoever they are, good luck to your golf season, boys. I'm sure. Uh, bring on some nice weather for you. As ever, we move on this week. It's an inexorable crawl through the year. We had the Wells Fargo last week. One. Can you believe it? Wyndham Clark wins, and what an event to win! Very, I mean, it's not. not. I was gonna, I was gonna say it was a kind of Max Homer breakout, but Max Homer won that at four hundred to one. I mean, that was an absolute shock. 
Uh, Wyndham Clark has been playing some fantastic golf all year uh, and, and found found that mental strength to actually see it home down the stretch seeing off Xander in a pretty much pretty much a head-to-head situation yeah well uh, when Xander had uh, Xander got himself into the lead you kind of expected him to push on from that but mm. showed some some good mental fortitude Wyndham Clark and We've not really seen that from him before, particularly in, in lower quality fields where he's had chances and uh, you know the back nine's always been a been a particular problem for him on a Sunday, but, uh, but yeah, held it together fantastically. Very impressive. Big, big scalp for him there. We did say last week, power, distance to apex. Wyndham Clark, 11th for driving distance this season, 5th and 2nd last year for distance to apex. Mm. And we also said... Red Hot Putter needed to win. He ranked third for strokes gained putting on the week behind only Denny McCarthy and our... Well, they're both post-it note friends, aren't they? Denny McCarthy and Brendan Todd. Interestingly enough, KH Lee sneaking in in fourth place on strokes gained putting. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to run through some metrics of, of my event to uh, you know the week after... Top 10 tee to green last week. Uh, Fee now 10. Neesmith. He's interesting for this week, Neesmith. Jaeger. Tom Kim at 7. Fleetwood 6. Corey Connors 5. Xander at 4. Tyrrell Hatton at 3. Gary Woodland at 2. Wyndham Clark. First for tee to green last week and third for putting. That'll get the job done. That'll get the job done. Unfortunately, I had Gary Woodland... Second for tee to green, finished fourteenth. So, uh, so we know what happened there. Mm. Just needs to find that spark with a putter, Bar- Barry. <laughs> Gary, doesn't he? Mm. It'd be dangerous then. Any thoughts on Rory? Seems to be hitting it off the planet on various holes. That's not quite right, is he? No. You know, and that poses a dilemma for next week because he's going to be, well, he would be a hot property for next week, but at that point... There's too, too much noise and turmoil around the noise mm. to be able to keep, yeah, to keep the focus for 72 holes of a major. Yeah. I don't know. You know, perhaps he turns also around the last... he can do that. Yeah. But... Yeah, I know. Do you remember the... the... I mean, it's it's gone back a few years now, but the you know the Masters like disaster, and then he wins won, wins the next um, major. So, hmm. what were your observations, the two of you, about Justin Thomas? Bearing in mind he's defending his PGA Championship title next week at Oak Hill. Yeah, well, again, there's improvement there, but defending is. Defending a major championship is never going to be easy. Um, I'm not sure that his season long form has been strong enough for us to, or for me to, to take take the plunge on him. But um, yeah, there's signs of improvement there. Twenty to still, one as well. Yeah. Yeah, still something not quite right though. Yeah, it's good to see Homer playing better last week as well. I thought it was a good event, though. I love, I love Quail Hollow. Great, proper golf course. Uh, and it was good to see Wyndham. I mean, that we've seen it before. 
really we've had a lot of breakout wins there so Clark actually fills that that mantle mm. pretty perfectly so thrown himself into the Ryder Cup conversation now chaps as well he really has as as has Adrian Moronk Paul do you want to take us through that victory last week for Adrian Moronk yeah he's he's turning into quite some player isn't he it was three wins now since um since the Irish Open in July last year so the Irish um, Australian and then the Italian Open so he likes his national opens doesn't he we talked about strokes going tee to green on the pod last week, and in this game, you always come back. And if you if you do the post analysis, if you do the post mortem on an event, and then realise why you didn't pick someone um, who then goes on to win, it's you know you can cause yourself an awful bruise by kicking yourself. But yeah, Adrian Moronk was there to be picked. Um, strokes going tee to green. He led that on the week. That's what we talked about in the pod. It's what I talked about in my preview. He gained 15 strokes from tee to green last week. Genuine numbers because they're on the uh, on the shot tracker now rather than the caddy collated numbers. Um, if you ranked the entire field last week by strokes gained tee to green for the season, he was top. Um, it's staring me in the face and I <laughs> didn't back him. Um, and plenty did. So well done to all of the many, many, many people who backed Adrian Ronk at 20, 22 to 1 last week because um, he was there to be picked into the world's top 50, now 46th in the world rankings. So, um, yeah, he's got a good chance of uh, progressing from here because he will have access to uh, to all of the big tournaments. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a chance. Three wins. Well, let's, let, let's talk Ryder Cup. You, you perfectly teed it up. Ram. McElroy, Yannick Paul, the European points qualifiers right now. He slips into fifth behind Victor Perez. And if we look at world points, Rahm and McElroy take them out of the equation. Hatton at three, Hovland at four, Fitzpatrick five, Fleetwood six, Larry seven, Justin Rose eight, and then Seamus Power at nine, Adrian Moronk at ten. So he's playing himself into a very nice position to get into the team. As they always say, you know, if you keep winning tournaments and doing well in them, the rest of it takes care of itself. Now, turning to the Americans, Scheffler, Homer, Zander at three, Cam Young, four, Jordan Spieth at five, Cantlay, six, so they're in the autos. Then we've got Burns, Thomas, Morikawa, Will Zalatoris, who clearly won't play. Wyndham Clark now jumps to eleven. Kirk Kitayama at 12, Tony Finau 13, Chris Kirk 14, Harris English up to 15. It's going to be some team they send across. Some team. They'll now stay in the obvious. Anything else to take out of... Um, I enjoyed watching some of the coverage, actually, because to be frank with you, I wasn't really au fait with the Ryder Cup course, so I thought I'd take some time last week to really mm. watch some of the... It's a lovely golf course, isn't it? Very. It seems very open. Yep. I can see mm. what you say about potentially having a feel, a feel, a feel, that's all I'm saying, of that Open de France setup. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly a tough golf course. I mean, that that shot they were playing on that drivable par, par four with the green tucked behind the lake at the bottom of a hill, what a hole that is. It's brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely, a stunning I, golf hole. Actu- an actual punishment of you. Don't pull, you know, if you don't hit a good shot, like with those bunkers in the water, it's going to be very dramatic in match play. I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah, you can you can see how the course would set up nicely for kind of risk reward golf, and you know when they put the tees forward a bit on Saturday, the scoring um, was much lower, um, and you know it, it shows you how you can influence a course and uh, and, and create that drama should you uh, should you want to do it. So you know, I, you know I'm expecting you know a variety of tee positions for the Ryder Cup that would encourage those kind of risk reward decisions and. Uh, yeah, it should make it uh, make it exciting, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it, fundamentally, it's a tricky course. If you miss your shots, you're in you're in trouble around there. So, uh, yeah, no, a really good venue, I think, for the uh, for the Ryder Cup. So expect thicker rough. I could see plenty of long grass there already. That's clearly mm. going to get longer. It was interesting to see the sta- a lot of the stands were already up. Yeah, so clearly yeah, yeah. the infrastructure is going in. It's you know it's already there. Mm. Should yeah. be a cracker. Right, let's crack carry on with this week's golf. Um, AT and T Byron Nelson on the PGA Tour. This has become the regular warm up event for the PGA Championship, which is next week. Now, listeners, PGA Championship. I will put a link through to my research piece in the podcast description takes you through the PGA Championship, what we need to be looking for in terms of player shape, and a description of the renovated Oak Hill course. We are recording our PGA Championship research podcast on Friday. So the three of us will be talking PGA Championship, what to expect, course conditions, weather, blah, 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 on Friday. That will be distributed for your listening pleasure. We look forward to that. Back to this week's golf. Scotty Scheffler. He's 3-1 to one in a spot this week to win the AT&T Byron Nelson. I tipped up Jordan Spieth. He withdrew when I was putting my head on the pillow last night over here in the UK. So that means Tyrrell Hatton is second favourite at 14-1 to one best price. Jason Day 16-1. to one. We've got Tom Kim at 20 to 1 in a single spot. Then we've got KH Lee, 25 to 1 in a spot, who's going for his third consecutive Byron Nelson title. He's level on odds with Hideki Matsuama. We're then out to the likes of Kuzchar at 28 to 1, Adam Scott, 33 to 1, Si Woo Kim, 35 to 1. It's 40 to 1 bar the rest. Um, Designated events, they have certainly created a two-tier scenario on the PGA Tour. We always used to have more popular tournaments and tournaments that weren't as popular, but that distinction is clearly far, um, far more um, visible these days. I mean, this week we have JJ Killeen, DA points, Bovan Pelt, Ben Crane, and now George McNeil's been added to the field to replace Jordan Spieth with the like, uh, you know, Ricky Barnes, Derek, Derek Lamey. There are names in the in the uh, list uh, this week. Oh, Derek Ernst, another one. I can remember him winning at Quail Hollow. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the last time he uh, he ever got a top ten on the PGA Tour. But um, yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. It isn't the strongest of fields, but again, a two year exemption. Lots of points on offer, FedEx Cup, Ryder Cup points, you name it, it's available. Um, The course this week, we're down in Texas. We're at TPC Craig Ranch. 
Um, what can I tell you about TTPC Craig Ranch? Well, the things I think are important, uh, we had a scenario where um, Andy was talking about Steve Bamford, number one for grass in golf. I don't know if that's a great um, a great claim. But we've gone bent grass greens this week, Jack. Back on the bent grass. I'm just trying to work it through. Would this be, apart from the Masters, is this the first time we've seen bent grass greens this, this year? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, what was it, Texas? No. Uh, they play that with um, Poa Trivialist now, overseeding. Right, okay. So, yeah, I think this is the second time in 2023, and we're into May, that we've seen bent mm. grass green. Uh, Parkland Resort, it's long, longish, 7,414 yards. Uh, it's a, but they've changed it this year. They've taken away one of the par fives. They've replaced it with a longer par four, the 12th. So we're now looking at a par 71. Greens, they're large, 6,800 square feet. They are bent grass. The other thing to note, the fairways here, Zoysia grass. Uh, southern, a southern United States kind of um, strain. If you're looking for courses that also play with zoysia, um, the most well-known would be uh, TPC Southwind, which they play every year, don't they? The other one being East Lake, where they play yeah. the Tour Championship. Mm -hmm. Zoysia. Apparently, it's like... Um, Bit of a carpet, it really kind of gets the ball sitting up. Far more than Bermuda grass or rye grass or anything like that. So it kind of sits there. It's almost like it's on a bit of a tee, but it's not on a tee. Some players like it, some players don't. So yeah, Zoysia grass fairways, Bermuda grass rough, bent grass greens. Now this, even though they've changed it to a par 71... Uh, even though they tend to play this, and I don't think it's going to be any different this year, gusting up to 25 miles an hour some of the days. I don't. Uh, Sunday looks like it's relatively calm. There's forecasts for thunderstorms, but it's this 50-50 kind of chance. So we might get some water deposits and players being hauled off the course at points. It's just going to be an absolute birdie fest. Uh, KH Lee has ripped this golf course apart, hasn't he, chaps, over the last uh, two renewals mm. that they've played it here. 26 under par last year and 25 under par last, the year before that. Yep. So you might find that 26 under par becomes 23 under par, something like that, with the fact that it's now changed to a 71. Yeah, it might, might lose two or three shots, I suppose. You're not going to... Don't, don't think this is going to become a more stringent test because I don't think it is really. Also worthy of note, since they've run the AT&T Byron before the PGA Championship, it has been won by Sung Kang, KH Lee and KH Lee. So you'd be right in summarising that three South Korean golfers have won this event the week before the PGA Championship. The reason for that probably being that apart from Ben Arn and Sung Jae-in, 
who lives in Atlanta, I believe. Uh, the rest of the Koreans all base themselves in Dallas, which is where they're playing this week. So I wouldn't be surprised. You, you won't find anything written about it, but I wouldn't be surprised if TPC Craig Ranch is a course that these guys tend to play fairly regularly as part of their mm. practice yeah, or their their, um, their their betting games that they, they play to keep themselves <laughs> sharp between tournaments. KH Lee put it best. This is the easiest way to describe this course. You can look at all the stats, blah, 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 blah. He said, basically, it's all about approach shots and good putting, which is true. Strokes gained off the tee, 22nd. Strokes gained on approach, 5th. Strokes gained around the green, 17th. Tee to green, 4th. Strokes gained putting, 11th. Those are his two sets of stats merged together for his two wins here. So, strokes gained approach, 5th. Strokes gained putting, 11th. We're looking for people that can hit the ball very, very close create plenty of birdie opportunities and actually have a putter that converts enough to start building those 66s, 65s that we'd want to be seeing on consecutive days to get towards the top of the leaderboard. I don't think driving distance here is a factor at all. Very dissimilar to Quail Hollow last week where driving distance was ultimately critical. As I say, Jordan speaks out for me. I had him up at 10 to 1. It's his hometown event. He's got a wrist injury. So I've only got three to go through. I've got one at 20 to 1. I've got two more. One at 60, one at 90. So I'll take you through my 20 to 1 chance. I've already mentioned him on the podcast. His name is Tom Kim. 13th for around the green, 17th for approach, 20th off the tee last week, 7th tee to green at Quail Hollow. Not um, <laughs> not irregular to see him 67, uh, 62nd for strokes gained putting. That is his chagrin, but I think Tom Kim coming back to sleep in his own bed in Dallas, Texas... He played here last year, which was his first ever real PGA Tour start. He'd, he'd flitted across to America on, on odd occasions, but this was the first time he actually came to play. And from that, he started building some momentum, got himself a special temporary membership, and we know the rest of the story. He shot 67, 66, 67 to finish 17th here last year after an opening day 70, nice and slow. That took him out of contention to win, but... From that point on, over the final 36 holes, final 54 holes, so um, Saturday through Sunday, Friday through Sunday, he was the 11th best player in the field. Safe to say, I think Tom Kim is far more established now on the PGA Tour, far more comfortable. He was 5th for approach, 12th for tee to green last year here. It's just whether the guy can putt, make some putts this week. The switch to bent grass... That could be a key. Uh, what is worthy of note is his two wins on the PGA Tour. Bearing in mind, this guy is still 20 years of age. He won the Sedge at Sedgefield, the Wyndham. He won that at 20 under par. There was some ridiculous closing round score that I can't... Was it a 61 or something he won with? It was something mad. 
He then went on to win the Shriners this season at TPC Summerlin. We were on board 24 under par. So his two wins are right in the perfect scoring ballpark for this. So I couldn't ignore him. So I'm on Tom Kim. 20 to 1 I got bet, uh, with William Hill, eight places each way. Tom Kim. Any players under 60 to 1 chaps that you are going to be putting up for this week at the Byron Nelson? Mm, yeah, I've got I've only backed two, and both of them are in that bracket personally. Um Seamus Power I've backed 45 to 1. Um Started to show a little bit of form again, Seamus, doesn't he? 18th last week, played some nice stuff as well. And um, if you look at his record here at uh, TPC Craig Ranch, 9th and 13th, sorry, it's 9th and 17th from the uh, the two attempts that he's had here on this course. So a uh, nice little combo there of um, yeah, not quite smacking you around the face form stats on both, but uh, you know, bubbling just under. For um, you know, for a mid price, particularly with speed out, you know, there's there's not a massive amount at the top of the market when you take out uh, when you take out Scotty Scheffler. Um, so uh, so yeah, shame. I mean, look at Seamus as well. Nineteen and twenty one under par when he's won his two PGA Tour events. So he can get low enough, I think, to get himself into position to to contend here this week. Uh, we shall see. Um, the other one that I've backed is Tom Hoagie. Now, Hoagie, it's a bit of an up-and-down season, but if you look at these best efforts, um, third at the Tournament of Champions, closed there with a 64. We know that's a proper low-scoring um, event, isn't it? Third mm. at the Players' Championship as well. And uh, you'll remember what he did at the Players, because he opened that week with a 78, um, staring a miscut in the face, scraped the cut, then shot uh, 62 in the third round, uh, eventually finished third. Uh, for what is a, a really strong performance there, um, you know, at, uh, at TPC Sawgrass. So, um, yeah, I, I quite fancy he go well this week. Uh, he's uh, he's got a little bit of form here as well. Seventeenth here uh, last year. So uh, again, same kind of price. In fact, fifty five to one available if you're happy to go with. Um, it's just six places each way on Tom Hoagie. He's one of those players that just doesn't get the respect that I think he should deserve in, in a lot of these markets. And um, you know, there's, there's plenty of players shorter than him who um, I don't think can boast those kind of performances that he's got under his belt so far this season. Uh, so, yeah, power and hoagie for me. About you, Barry. I bet you're on power as well, aren't you? I'm also, yeah, I'm on, on Seamus. It, um, Steve made a good point uh, just in pre-podcast discussion that he his his wins have been in slightly less than max strength fields mm. and that's what this is this week so um yeah playing some nice golf and that kind of matches up well so i'm i can't resist it it's a really it's a good price considering the the strength of the field i, yeah. I think anyway so <clears throat> and my other bet in that kind of lower end is with the uh, reappearance of bentgrass greens have gone for Hideki. Yeah, okay. I, I know he's had a few weeks off with the neck injury, but that's been feels like that's been something he's just managed injuries his whole career. So, mm. kind of yeah. um, bank, banking on him knowing when he's kind of okay to go, and the bent greens should um, should make him a pretty happy man this week. So twenty five to one was pretty appealing. 
Yeah, you never quite know, do you, as to how his fitness is going to be. But um, that's, that's, I guess that's built into his price to a certain degree. And if he's fit and healthy, then uh, yeah, again, there's, you know, it takes Scheffler out, and is Scheffler really a, a twenty-two, twenty-three under man? Um, I don't know. You know, he's got his, <laughs> he's going to have a big eye on next week as well, isn't he? That's got to be the target really for Scotty. So yeah, take him out of the equation. Yeah, On Sunday last year, Hideki Matsuama shot a 10 under 62 to backdoor a top four finish. Mm. <laughs> That's the kind of round he's like, right, okay, boys, it's time to see what's under the bonnet for the PGA yeah. Championship. And they're firing. <laughs> he came up with a 10 under 62. He was at, do you know what? That wasn't the best score of the day. Xander shot a 61, 11 under par. Mm. That is mad. Neither contended at the uh, PGA at Ameland. Remember? It was our old friend, old friend Mito Pereira, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. For 71 uh, holes. Ca- with, yeah, with Cam Young and the likes. And of course, the winner, and Zalatoris and JT coming from like nine back on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, proper drama. Proper. Right. I like those picks. Do like those picks. Uh, my 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 next selection is J J Spawn, sixty to one. I got eight places each way with bet three six five on J J Spawn. Um, these are my eight week strokes gain trackers: third for approach, fourth for tee to green, fourteenth for current form. Some of those numbers will change because they include speed. So all of this is going to have to be revised. The joys of putting content together when players withdraw. thing about Spawn is, third at the 2019 AT&T Byron Nelson. That was the one won by Kang. Yes, it was played on a different golf course. I get that. It was a golf course, though, that featured Zoysia grass carpet throughout. So there's a Zoysia grass tick for Spawn. I also remember Spawn last year at TPC Southwind at that FedEx Cup event being the Saturday into Sunday leader and then completely capitulating when he realised he was playing with the best golfers in the world and chewing something crazily high. But clearly gets on with the Zoysia. And add to that, he won the Valero Texas Open last year at TPC San Antonio. So he's a winner on the PGA Tour in Texas. Just like the way that he's playing golf Great golf. Um, I tipped him up a few weeks ago to defend that. Uh, That was on the premise that at the world match play that they played down at TPC San Antonio, he beat Matt Fitzpatrick. Well, Matt Fitzpatrick's gone on to win a PGA Tour event. He beat him five and three. He he beat Sahith Tigala five and four. Well, Tigala's been playing fantastic golf. And Minwoo Lee, two and one. And he was the group winner. So, clear. all I'm suggesting is Texas golf, Texas agronomy, just gets on with it. So, I thought 60-1 to 1 on JJ Spawn was a very nice price. I got that with Bet3658 places each way by their each way extra facility. And if we're going down the route of South Koreans, this guy um, was born in Seoul, then moved to California. I think he was three or four. So, American... But clearly, Korean heritage. 
Um, I can always remember with like an indelible pen scribbled in my in my mind this guy winning the John Deere Classic in 2018. He won it at 27 under par. The thing that makes me laugh about this is he actually beat Francesco Molinari into second place. Francesco was eight shots behind. Francesco got on the same charter flight to Edinburgh and then went on to win the Open Championship the week after. So this particular individual, Michael Kim, has rubbed it with some very good players over the years. He had an absolute disaster after he won his PGA Tour title. Uh, years of nothing, slipped onto the corn ferry, but he is definitely in rebuilding stage. Another angle I like with Kim, in his bio it says that he shares kind of homes between Houston and Dallas. Now that makes sense because I'm sure that he's part of the South Korean PJ Tour team as they travel around. I expect he's probably seen this course before. I can't guarantee any of this, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's used this as a practice facility or played rounds around here. He, he actually competed here, uh, when was that? 2021. He was 27th after 36 holes. Bearing in mind back then, this is when he was in the like depths of his crisis, seven miscusts and a WD from his last eight prior to arriving here. Tends to suggest he might like the course, but right now he's playing some bloody good stuff, Michael Kim. He was 13th, I believe. Let's just check this before I quote it. He was 12th for tee to green last week at Quail Hollow, where he finished 7th. 12th for tee to green, 19th for strokes game putting at Quail Hollow. That's a, I'd say that's probably the best finish that he's had on the PGA Tour, probably going back to that John Deere Classic win. You know, designated field, proper golf course, finishes in 7th place. I think he could take that momentum forward. He's already had an 11th at Pebble Beach, 5th at Puerto Rico, and that 7th last week at the Wells Fargo. So, yeah, Michael Kim, 90-1 to 1 I got, with William Hill, 8 places each one on Michael Kim. So, the three I've got, I think I'm going to add one, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But Michael Kim at 90s, JJ Spawn at 60s, Tom Kim at 20s. Those are my three. Do you want to recap yours, guys, or just add any extras, and we'll move on to the Sudal Open? Yeah, just uh, power and hoagie for me. I'm on power and Matsuyama. I don't know whether to add power and scupper you guys, so um, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a cup of tea and think about that as, I, as I'm erasing Jordan Spieth from my preview 573 times. Oh, it, did, it, it did work in, uh, for Max Heimer back earlier in the season, one of those rarities where we were... All on board. It can work. Mm. Yeah. Right, Sudal Open. We're going to mm. Belgium now. I always think of Belgium. I always think of Belgians producing the best cyclists in the world. Eddie Merckx. They've got an absolute long list of fantastic cyclists right now. But we're there for the Sudal Open, mm. and I take it there's clearly no Thomas Peters in the field. No, there's not. No, he sailed um, his ship. Yeah, there's uh, well, yeah. What, what can you do? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a similar looking field to what we've seen in the recent weeks. To be honest, I see um, Dietrich's yeah. there. Dietrich's Dietrich's arriving, which is good off the PGA Tour. Yeah, it's uh, added a little bit of uh, a little bit of quality for yeah. What will be the second uh, edition of the Sudal Open? Um, 
But yes, uh, talking of the event, uh, it's been around yes, a couple of years now, the second year. It took over from the Belgian knockout, which I'm sure you'll remember. Yeah, I remember that. Um, back in when it was called the European Tour, um, which was played on the same course here in uh, in Belgium uh, back in 2018 and 2019. So there was a little break. And then, uh, yeah, this is the second of the Sudal Open. So we've got a little bit of course history to uh, to review. Um, but yeah, no such complexities in terms of the knockout format this week. It's a straight stroke play, 156 players. Um, as you say, Thomas Detry is here. He's joint favourite with Alexander Bjork at 18 to 1. Uh, Yannick Paul, Adrian Otegi, both 20 to 1. Jorge Campillo at 22s. Thorbjorn Olsen, 25 to 1. 33 to 1 bar those players. So, yeah, there's a few, you know, from the last few weeks, the likes of uh, Rasmus Hogard and uh, Bob McIntyre missing. But other than that, the field below that looks pretty similar to what we've, uh, what we've come to expect on these uh, regular run of the mill DP World Tour events nowadays. Ball Sports, eight places each way, fifth of the odds this week. They've been running that um, on the DP World Tour for a few weeks and months now. So it's good to have the consistency from Boyles. And of course, Bet365 have their each way extra proposition running on this event as well. So you can pick eight, 10, 12 places. Um, uh, to your heart's content however you wish to play your bets this week with bet365 the course rinkman international golf club 6940 yards a short par 71 now that's made up with just two par fives and three par threes so in total there are 13 par fours on this course and i think that is as high as i have seen on a professional course um, and I think it's probably as high as you're likely to see in terms of a professional course so it's just a string of par fours with the odd five and the odd three interspersed in there now they use a composite of the two courses here there's a north and a south course um, but it is the same routing that we saw last year at the Sudal Open it's the same routing that we saw at the two Belgian knockout events as well so um, it's nothing unusual in that respect it's Parkland in style, a mixture of tree-lined holes. There's a few exposed holes as well, so a bit of a mixture. A um, couple of par fives, as I say. There are also two short par fours on the back nine uh, for players to uh, to attack if they so choose. Now, the greens are actually Poana-based, um, but they are overseeded each year with bent grass, and that gives them what is pretty much a bent grass um, finish it's around about 80% bent uh, 20% power by the time they actually play it so for all intents and purposes you'd class this as a bent grass based putting surface in my view in terms of the conditions um, weather conditions very similar to last year actually uh, sunny spells the odd shower relatively light winds 5-10 miles an hour maybe a little bit more gusting every now and again but nothing serious temperatures around about 17 18 degrees in the afternoon so that's the mid 60s in terms of fahrenheit uh, so yeah last year is pretty good indicator in that respect because it was very very similar we've had four events here of note um all of these are included on this week's stats pages so you can have a look through um back in 2010 this was on the Challenge Tour. We had the Telenet Trophy. Now, that was won by Lee Slattery at 21 under par. 
slightly different routing that week. Um, since then, they've mixed. Oh, they've moved to this uh, this composite north-south mix, as I've just described. 2018 um, was the first Belgian knockout. That was Guido Migliozzi won in 2018. 2019 again, the Belgian knockout. Adrian Otegi won. Um, we were on Adrian Otegi that week. Um, 2022, last year, Sam Horsfield won 13 under par from the four rounds. A regular field, regular four uh, rounds of stroke play, 13 under par. Sam Horsfield was 22 to one when he won here last year. I guess you know, looking at those the history there. No um, stats from the Challenge Tour, of course. You've got two rounds of stats for the Belgian knockout event. So it's just the two, um, the first and the second rounds um, in terms of the stroke play element of that event. And then you lose all the stats for the match play element afterwards. So stats really are quite patchy. Um, you do have, or we do have a full suite of stats for last year though. So if you dig through those, um, you can you can get a little bit of a feel as to how this course plays. Sam Horsfield was first, as I said. Ryan, Ryan Fox and Yannick Paul both tied for second. Digging through their numbers, all three of them were top 15 for greens and regulation. Uh, Horsfield was second for scrambling. Yannick Paul was third for scrambling as well. So um, they both had a particularly strong week around the greens. Ryan Fox, in terms of old school stats he was second for putting average so two different ways to get around it um of course ryan fox um one of the longer hitters as well on the on the tour so different different ways to to skin this uh, particular cat as it were uh, and what this does stick out is if you look at the par four scoring and i guess this makes sense because we're talking about a course where there are 13 par fours on it Horsefield, he was eight under par for the par fours, only three under par for the par fives. Ryan Fox was five under for the par fours, five under for the par fives. Yannick Paul, exactly the same as Horsefield, he was eight under for the par fours and only three under for the par fives. Now that isn't atypical of any professional event. Typically you'll find the par fives are generally where the bulk of the score are made on pretty much every tournament. So the reliance on par five scoring this week is much, much less than other weeks. And I think that probably helps to narrow down where we should go with this because players who do rely on par fives to to, to make their birdies and eagles and just hang on the rest of the course potentially aren't going to be able to make the kind of score they need to get themselves into position uh, to contend here. It's much more about par four scoring, I think. Uh, we do have some strokes gain stats. Um, strokes gained approach looks like the key metric um, if we were picking one particular stat out Horsefield he was third for strokes gained approach last year Ryan Fox was first for strokes gained approach Yannick Paul he was fourth for strokes gained approach so all three of those guys that's where they excelled all three of them were um, 13th or better as well for strokes gained tee to green uh, and with relatively solid putting weeks so um, approach first, tee to green second, and then uh, either scramble well or, um, or or putt particularly well in the week. But yeah, overall, um, balling it down, second shot golf course, I think. Uh, you are going to miss some greens. Even the leaders last year, I mean, the 70% or thereabouts greens and regulation was pretty much as good as you were getting. So you're going to be missing 18, 20, 21, 22 greens over the course of the week, something like that. So you're going to need to scramble. Um, you just can't be hemorrhaging shots every time that a green's missed here. Otherwise, you're going to be drifting down the leaderboard. 
Um, shorter style course as well. I think it brings more players into it. I think a lot of players will be, the longer players will be clubbing down. Uh, in fact, if you look at Ryan Fox's driving distance last year, he was way down the field in terms of driving distance, but he would have been taking much less than driver off a lot of these tees to, to compensate for it or to compensate for the fact it's a, a shorter course. So, um, yeah, I think it brings a different style of player in. Um, a lot of players will be playing shots from a similar kind of position um, on the fairway, depending how they uh, took the tee shot on. And um, it became become a more strategic uh, approach, I guess, in that respect. But yeah, approach shots, par fours, I think that's essentially where you need to, where you need to look. I don't think scoring is going to get out of control either. 13 under, as I say, last year was, um, was the winning total from four rounds and I suspect it'll be something similar this year because the conditions really don't look different at all. So, uh, yeah, I expect something low low teens. I expect under par to, to be the winning total. Uh, in terms of my picks, I've, I've backed four here this week and I've tried to learn from missing out on Adrian Moronk last week because if there's a player that just fits everything and you kind of get a bit sniffy about his price, then... Uh, I think sometimes you've just got to, got to bite the bullet. And you've, you've mentioned it recently, Steve, on the PGA Tour. There's just this kind of wave of players winning kind of sub 30 to 1, 28, 25, 22. There's, there's plenty of players going in at that kind of price bracket, both sides of the Atlantic, isn't there? Yeah, we had uh, Clark 80 to 1 last week, Taylor Moore 70 to 1 at that Cobhead event. But apart from that, 8 to 1 Finau, 28 to 1 Fitzpatrick, 9 to 1 Rahm, 20 to 1 Connors, 25 to 1 Wallace, 11 to 1 Scheffler. Yeah. So, yeah, no one bigger than 28 to 1 apart from, you know, the, the Taylor Moore and Clark wins. Yeah. Yeah, and again, yeah, Adrian Moronk last week. I could go further back than that, but it'd bore everybody. But yeah, yeah. It, that's the key spot. Sub twenty-eight to one does seem to be producing a, a, an you know an ordinary amount of uh, yeah. winners from that kind of level at the moment. So, 100%. so yeah, you know, if if, if there's a player there that, that fits um, or ticks all the boxes for me in that bracket, it's Yannick Paul. And um, you know, I've been on Yannick Paul quite a bit over the last few weeks, but um, there's no particular reason for me to. To deviate from him, I don't think. If par four scoring is going to be key this week, um, which is kind of my assertion from the uh, from the preview, then uh, you know Rennick Paul is the highest ranked player in this field in terms of par four scoring. He sits currently fifth in that ranking for the season to date on the DP World Tour, and in this field, that that's um, that, that's the best out there. So, again, if you were to go as simplistic as ranking the entire field by par four scoring, Paul sits at the top. I backed him in India. Um, and you mentioned it earlier, he, he was leading there, five-shot lead at halfway and then lost out to Marcel Ciem um, in the end there, which was disappointing. Backed him in Korea, um, he finished sixth. So two each-way places there um, from Yannick Paul, but uh, poten- potentially, oh, hopefully, we might get third time lucky this week. We shall see. I live in eternal hope. Since that, or since Korea, 38th and 23rd. So it, it looks like his form's dipped a little bit, but... If you look into that, he was a halfway leader at, in South Korea. He was eighth into Sunday last week in Italy as well. So had he continued and pushed on from those positions as well, off the back of form of 2-2-6, then um, I suspect he'd be favourite this week rather than uh, a little bit further down the field. So 
Um, I think perfectly um, per- for me he's got a perfect game for this um, second year last year he won in Mallorca as well um, 15 under that was and that was another sub 7,000 yard past 71 another Parkland course bent grass greens it was very um, similar in terms of the um, correlation that you could draw between that course and this so, uh, so yeah lots and lots to like about Yannick Paul 20 to 1 biggest bet of the week for me um, on the German a little bit further down the field, Ashton Wu, 60 to 1 I've backed, and that was with eight places each way. You can take 66 to 1 if you want to take fewer each way places, but I took the 60 to 1 with eight places each way. I backed Wu in this last year, actually. Now, I worked through some, um, some hypotheses of how this might uh, pan out and uh, some correlation potentially between this course and Diamond Country Club in Austria, which is where they play the Leoness Open and uh, a few other tournaments um, in the relatively recent past. He, he won there, Ashen Wu, back in 2016. Now, it didn't quite pan out how, the, you know, how I'd hoped. His approach game was off last year. Um, but he did top strokes game putting, took to the greens um, nicely on the week. And um, I think off the back of his performance last week, where he was 12th for strokes game putting, Oh, sorry, 12th of the strokes going approach in Italy. Um, then, you know, put those two elements together. He could go particularly well this week. Four times a winner now on the tour. And again, you know, we talked about Tom Hoagie. It's similar kind of thing with Ashen Wu. He tends to be one of those players that gets just disregarded or, or is further down the field than I think his, um, you know, his quality and his potential for winning actually is. So he's always a player that you're going to get a certain premium on if he does pop up. One in Kenya last year. I think there's some parallels with the Kenya course um, or both of the Kenya courses that they play um, over there um, on the outskirts of Nairobi uh, to this week's track. And some progressive form. I say 32nd last week in Italy. He was third after the first day. And um, if he hadn't shot 76 on Friday, all all ifs and buts as ever, um, if he hadn't shot 76 on Friday, then he'd have been a lot, lot closer. As I say, some... Some reasonable metrics coming out of his game last week as well to give us a little bit of hope. Uh, and a couple of eye, another eye catchers who I spotted last week and uh, have backed this week. Danny Van Tonder, uh, 70 to 1, again with eight places each way. Um, I did, I penciled Danny Van Tonder in for this last year and then he pulled out pre events, so I didn't get to see how he would have played it. Um, but again, that was largely on the strength of his win in Kenya last year. Um, or in 2021 rather um, and the Kenya track there Cowan Country Club Shaw Parkland style course Bentgrass Greens Guido Bigliotz is a, a winner there and of course is a winner here as well so there's potentially some parallel between the, those two courses more recently 32nd at the SDC Championship and also at the Johnson Workwear Open identical finishes um, on those co-sanctioned events he stayed in South Africa afterwards Seems to have done him a little bit of good. He finished second at the Limpopo Championship on the Sunshine Tour. Came back to the DP World Tour fifth last week in Italy. Really solid long game stats are coming out from last week. But also, and for him pretty crucially, he was strokes game positive on the week um, for putting, which um, isn't always the case with Danny Van Tonda. When you see a little bit of a spark with his putter, then he can go on and really contend in um, any kind of field. Um, given how good his long game can be. So um, happy to uh, back him again this week and hopefully he does uh, does tear up, which he didn't do last year. Uh, and finally, Santiago Tario, 80-1. to 1. 
and that Santiago Terry, briefly, I mean, very briefly, he had to be, um, you know, blinking, you missed it. He opened at three figures yesterday, um, but he's been backed in, and quite rightly so, I think, 80 to 1 there, about 66 to 1 maybe with extended places. That's closer to where the price should be for him. Um, first for strokes gain approach last week, really stuck out to me. Third for strokes gain tee to green. Finished 16th overall. Um, nice long game stats coming out of it. Needs to putt a little bit better this week and he'll get himself right in the mix, I think. Third at Fairmont last year. Um, third at Kenya and this year as well. Again, that Kenya link um, keeps popping up for me this this week. So let's hope that is right. Got four four wins at lower levels over the years. All of them um, at this time of year. All of them in May, um, between May and June. So he certainly does enjoy this time of year. One for the biorhythms. Uh, fans in terms of backing players 33rd here last year and his long game wasn't anywhere near where it was last week so if he can continue to uh, to improve he can continue to play like he does from tee to green and just get a putting performance which is just the right side of neutral then I think he could uh, threaten a place or better this week Santiago Tario so that's four for me Tario Danny Van Tonda Ashen Wu Yannick Paul, you having a dabble with the DP World Tour this week, Barry? Sorry, I'm not allergic to doubles. That was a bad time of cough. Um, who have I gone for now? I'm sticking like kind of in the same theme as yourself. Um, Alexander Bjork has been very consistent and good to me the last few weeks, so mm. I've I've rolled it again. Um, there's not much else to say. I mean, he. It's 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 going to be it has to be a boomer bust situation at this stage. Like he guy, it feels like the he's just pounding on the door. If the you know if the win happens, yeah. great. Otherwise, you feel like the you just, it's not sustainable to stay at that level week on week without eventually fading off. So hopefully this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Van Tonder bet, so I'm going to follow you with that. Um, I think he had enough enough. Like let's say disappointment last week to motivate him a bit that bit more or maybe focus a bit more this week yeah and yeah yeah he played some good stuff yeah he did he did um and i was kind of looking for something a little bit um i don't know just away, away from those kind of top few guys and you know putting up a um or doing a predictor um one that kind of popped for me and the top 10 with a good mix of price um, and recent form as well as Aaron Cockerell. Yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Who was... Um, good golf, wasn't he? Yeah, his last three are second in Japan, 21st and 16th last week. So hasn't um, wasn't here last year at this course, but uh, I figured that kind of form should be able to translate well enough onto this course and the the odds were nice up at the 60 to 1 yeah yeah no he's um, he has been playing some nice stuff and uh, it came close and he lost in the playoff didn't he a few weeks ago um, yeah in the mix could be one of those long price places or better potentially that'll be fine yeah now, I don't know whether to it's a bit of a weird week it feels with the major next week so i don't know whether the i don't know who to do in a transatlantic double or do i do them all or not at all <laughs> maybe maybe bjork and matsuyama give yourself a bit of ammunition for next week 
give myself a holiday if I could click a transatlantic <laughs> double. Absolutely. What about you, Steve? Any anyone catch your eye? That was a lot of the reason why I didn't look at. Um, I mean, Scheffler's price is Scheffler's price, but the Scotty Scheffler win in Texas the week before going to the PGA. I'm I'm, I'm always very kind of wary of that. A lot of these top, top, top players. Um, I managed to get twenty-two to one yesterday. Bet three, six, five, eight places each way on Adrian Otegi. Mm. He's kind of Ron Seal, isn't he? This is his bread and butter. Short yeah. courses, tree lined. I mean, he won at Valderrama last year. Shot shot nineteen under around Valderrama. So yeah, he's won in Belgium. He's got a good record here. Um, flies off to the PJ Championship next week. So, yeah. Adrian Otegi. Yeah. That's the yeah. one I took. One of the um, one of the highest ranked players in the field. So, you can understand yeah, if, if he does does perform this week. That could, uh, could be the trick. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of stats to like with Otegi. So, yeah, again, if, if, he, if he wins, it could be one of those that, um, yeah, kick yourself but uh, but no well you've got him covered so uh, we'll see, see how he goes I think that's us chaps indeed I'm going to have a look at this I'll see if I can slot a couple maybe one maybe even two because I've got I've got six points of stake that have come back to me from Jordan Speed. so I'll have another look at this uh, Byron Nelson see what we can do with that uh, so check out the website if you. Uh, I'll t- I'll tweet out if I revise, uh, add some uh, some tips to my preview for the Byron Nelson. Good luck with your bets this week, chaps. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, boys. Best of luck to listeners. Please bet responsibly. Of course, we will be back on Friday. PGA Championship preview. Preview. We look forward to that immensely. See you again soon. If you like betting on golf. Everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf